I don't even listen to his podcast, huh? Dude, it's educational. And besides, I've been wanting to listen to this one. Welcome to Idling in the Impala, a podcast by and for lovers of Supernatural and the fan fiction it inspires. Before we begin, just want to remind you to like, subscribe, and follow wherever you listen to us so you don't miss any episodes or bonus stuff that we do. I'm Sandra. I'm Carly. And today we thought we'd get, um, well, it's meant to be a little bit serious, but I suspect it might descend into anarchy because I'm <laughs> mad, y'all. Um, we thought we'd have a little bit of a just a little look at whether whether we think Dean might have borderline personality disorder. Um, and I'm going to fire straight over to Sandra because she was the the architect of all this, so she can explain why we're doing that. Yeah. So um, we have a uh, a longtime listener and commenter, and is just great with just letting us know her thoughts on episodes. Miss um, Audubon and Miss Audubon um, is a social worker, and I went about one day when we were chit-chatting and just kind of asked, because I've always been curious and have never had anyone that I knew within close connection to ask this question is, have you ever thought about diagnosing Dean um, using the DSM-5 criteria? I know I've come across Mm -hmm. in the past some different blogs and posts of people trying to, you know, figure out Dean. So I thought this would be a great resource to kind of say, you know, what are your thoughts? Well, Miss Audubon came back with um, a table, <laughs> uh, which was great um, because <laughs> I love table. tables <laughs> love <a> table. <laughs> and was really in depth about taking apart, taking apart the criteria of different types, because one in particular that they referenced talked about um, a blog, talked about Dean having borderline personality disorder. So they took that diagnosis and basically gave their comparison and thoughts on it. So went to Carly, said, Carly, I want to do, uh, you know, let's do a discussion on this. And here's where we're at now. Um, Do you have any thoughts before I go into some of the info dumping (laughs) about DSM-5 and and all that? No, no, I don't. don't, I'm I'm ready to get into this. Okay. uh, I'm ready to get into it. Okay, so just a disclaimer that, you know, we are not psychologists or therapists and we're utilizing the DSM-5 criteria just for the study and discussion of a fictional character, which is Dean Winchester. So do not take anything that we're saying to heart or we are really just kind of diving into supernatural as we always do and going off the rails and really, you know, I know I do, like, you know, at times you forget that this is a fictional character and you really want to try to figure figure them out. Uh, So this was like one of the ways we did this. So if you aren't familiar, DSM-5 stands for the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, fifth edition, which is the latest edition of the American Psychiatric Association's classification and diagnostic tool for mental disorders. It provides a common language and standard criteria for the diagnosis of mental disorders, including descriptions and symptoms for each disorder. So it's used by mental health professionals in the United States and other countries for the assessment, diagnosis, and treatment of mental health conditions. And there's a lot of different criterias for making a diagnosis. I'm going to read through them real quick, but then I want to highlight the one in particular that I think is where we keep coming back to when we're talking about Dean. And this is going to be a great discussion because I know that Carly has thoughts, I have thoughts, and I think sometimes they get 
they they go this way and that way and get a little wonky and kind of parallel, but then intersect and all these different things. And I love talking about it because I I enjoy getting other people's feedback and and viewpoints on this kind of stuff. So some of the main criteria would be the symptoms, the duration, the severity, the distress, the differential diagnosis, functional impairment, and the one that we keep in big neon fucking letters is cultural context, which is an awareness of the influence of cultural, ethnic, and societal factors on the manifestation and expression of mental disorders. Carly, I don't know if you want to expand on that little part first before we kind of talk about borderline personality and all that. Um, so I just I think I think that's the most important one because we have to we have to bear in mind as much as we're obviously very aware that Dean is a fictional character and this is not, we are not, I mean, we're not diagnostic persons anyway, but we're not diagnosing a real person, but we're also, it's a fictional character in a fictional world. So that the context of that world, of that environment is absolutely crucial. And I, I, I think everything that is said and discussed around this needs to take that into consideration. You can't just pluck Dean out of his world, mm-hmm. put him in ours, and then go, oh, well, he's, you know, he's he's borderline or he's this or he's that. Because, yeah, in our world, he probably would be diagnosed with a severe mental illness. But the context is the key here. A lot of the responses and a lot of the things that he does are in response to his environment. They're not intrinsically a mental illness. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think I think we go back to the nature versus nurture part again and again when we have discussions about these characters too. I think for me, it always makes it really difficult to look at him through these criteria. And I'm kind of waffling a bit too, because I'm like, okay, like when I, when we start to get into a little bit more, but like what could be considered like a more normal situation for him, you know, as opposed to the stuff that he's dealing with on a daily basis um, on Supernatural, like trying to like pull those things apart gets very, very hard to do. And I think that's why, you know, when we talk about it, there's all these different viewpoints. But yeah, I, I totally agree that there's situations and instances where there's no way you really can compare. So we're kind of just always going, yeah, but. So it's kind of trying to figure out that, well, are there certain instances where they're really just um, a moment, a reaction that would be somewhat in a normal circumstance, as normal as possible, I guess, for Dean too. And that's very hard to figure out. And some of my. Mm-hmm. Some of my comments are just like fall in that <laughs> fall in that line again and again because we've talked about this too in terms of trying to fix the boys. You know, Winchesters, we need therapy, and a lot of our hopes for the boys is like, well, how would they how would they manage in a normal, as close to normal environment, and what would they bring with them into that, and would still have to try to work through, but still still just survive. Which is kind of sounds like it would be easy, but I don't think putting either of them in a normal environment would be like an easy adjustment in any way, shape, or form, which we saw, I think, for Dean, you know, a lot of the times too, like every time he tried on the show. So in any event, the whole, all of this goes around borderline personality disorder or BPD, which is characterized by an unstable sense of self and extreme fear of abandonment and difficulties with relationships. In addition, there is a pervasive sense of identity disturbance. People lack awareness of who they are, and they often feel perpetually hollow, 
understanding these traits can be the first step in healing or better supporting those living with BPD. And that came from um, MedCircle. And I'll put some links just to some of the uh, the information that we pulled from uh, to kind of like bring all this together. And again, a lot of what Ms. Audubon is talking about also relates to a blog that she read that I think kind of got her a little irritated and miffed too. So <laughs> kind of like do you wanna, unpack this. Do you, you want to look at the blog first and then we can, because uh, I'm, I'm mad about it. And I, I know. Off. Yeah. I'm I just sorry. wasn't sure how much we were going to spend on like that part in particular, but yeah, we can definitely no, no, talk we'll about just, the blog first. We'll, we'll, we'll speed through it. We'll speed through okay. it. I will keep, I will keep my yelling to a minimum. And then you'll have an idea of the blog that inspired this. And then we can look at Miss Arban's thoughts mm-hmm. and our thoughts mm-hmm. with it. Cause the blog is very helpfully also broken down into <laughs> the diagnostic criteria, but it's um, it's it's reaching mm-hmm. is is the kindest way I can put this. So uh, we're not going to mention the blog's name. We're not going to mention the author. We are not going to give you any way to access this blog from us. But if it sounds familiar. I would like to remind everybody that I invite healthy discussion. And mm-hmm. just because I might be raging at something you've done does not mean I'm raging at you personally. And if you want to have a chat about it, let's have a chat about it. Because mm-hmm. um, uh, by the time I got to the end of making notes on this, I was livid, <laughs> absolutely livid. So do you want to read? Do you want me to read? I-, I have comments on this one, but you don't. So you tell me where you want to. I can I can read it if you want me to read it. Do you want me to just start with the with the first one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm a little confused by the domain stuff. So it says... Domain A, excessive, unstable, and poorly regulated emotional responses. One, effective emotional instability, including intense, episodic emotional anguish, irritability, and anxiety slash panic attacks. Crucial, crucial thing here, instability. Context, 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 context. Fucking context. Within the circumstances of the show, I defy anybody to be fucking stable. All right? everybody would be unstable. You cannot be like, hey, this person lives in literal fucking hell. Wow, aren't they unstable though? Fucking sorry. There are multiple scenes of him breaking things, throwing things, yelling, screaming, punching, and not all in anger, just due to heightened emotional distress. So multiple scenes of him breaking things, throwing things, yelling, screaming, punching, and not all in anger. He smashed up the Impala with a crowbar one time. He, uh, Sandra will correct me on this because Sandra knows all of the things about all of the episodes of Supernatural ever. He smashed up a hotel room one time. I couldn't tell you what episode or season that was, just that I use the gif of it a lot when I'm talking to people because it's it's helpful. He punches things, he throws things, he throws a TV on the floor. It, it conveys a sense of rage very quickly. Mm-hmm. So one Impala crowbar incident, one smashed up hotel room. Oh, yes, multiple scenes. Mm, yes. <laughs> What an unstable baby he is. Also, he's punched Sam out a few times. Fair enough. Sam has also punched him out a few times. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if we're going to get along, the ooh, Dean's angry and unstable, so is Sam. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So I just, the, multiple got me because I was like, no. <laughs> three times? Really, though? Three times. <laughs> I like, I'm genuinely struggling to think of anybody Dean physically attacked who wasn't like a monster either or a, yeah. a monster or like a bad a human like yeah like Gordon for example you know yeah apart from Sam I'm sure like he never launched Bobby out you know mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Oh, John. Yeah. Oh, yes. Multiple. Multiple. Okay. Right. Okay. Training <laughs> him. So livid. Livid. Uh, I've also seen it mentioned that in one episode in season 13, it seemed as if he was having a panic attack. And if he's not having an intense emotion, he can also be pretty irritable or quick to set off. Of course, he's not always like that, but that leads into another symptom. Okay, uh, just stop right there. Mm-hmm. Do you know the episode in season 13 that this is referring to? Because the only episode I can think of where Dean has anything close to a panic attack is Red Sky at Morning when Bella steals the Impala. <laughs> so try that to, is so legitimately usually, yeah usually a panic, panic attack, attack is yeah like right trouble trouble breathing uh just like you know this like almost like a, a, a weird like frozen like not knowing what to kind of do situation i'm trying to mm. is it the episode is it the the only the only thing i can think of is where sam is going what if someone stole the impala and i don't even know if that's in 13 and he's like murder I'd murder them all. Murder them torture. All. And no, that's 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 a reaction, but not. I wouldn't consider that a. I wouldn't consider that a panic attack. I'm looking. No, I I wouldn't, but I couldn't think of anything else. Yeah, I'm just looking you at. You say the... Dean Dean panic attack. I think of Red Sky at morning in the morning, whatever it is, mm-hmm. where Bella steals the Impala, and he. That is a full blown fucking panic attack. Kudos, Jensen. Great acting. Um. But I, I think, I think most people would have some kind of panic response if someone stole their fucking car. Yeah, I really don't. I really don't know. I don't. I don't think. I mean, I've never seen. I can't say that. Like, and even like you know, the somebody stole my car thing. I mean, that's still like. <laughs> that's yeah, that's reaching. not an unprovoked <laughs> panic attack. So I don't yeah, know. It's not unprovoked. It's not like he got out of bed and, you know, sometimes these things hit you by accident, like not by accident, but just out of nowhere. You know, it's it's a, it's a symptom of PTSD. It's a, it's a trauma response. It's a panic attack. So could it be when they come out of nowhere? Could it be when Sam? Could it be when Sam died in Apocalypse World? Because that was he was just raging and wanting to help. So, no, I don't know if anybody else is listening and has an idea or can remember where they saw a point in time aside from the somebody stole my car where it seemed like Dean was having something close to a panic attack. Uh, I'd be interested because I can't think of it offhand and you would think I would be able to kind of zone in on that. So I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, And also I think, and I'm not sure even how these are, these criteria are normally listed. So I feel like this poster kind of like you know use these switch these around a little bit because they're not in the same order that uh oh it's it's so cherry picked yeah yeah okay so now we've got number two anger that is inappropriate intense and difficult to control anger oh boy does dean have a lot of it he lets it out at people who are undeserving during moments that are inappropriate and where a more productive conversation should be taking place do you want to say anything since you have that highlighted? You want me to finish you, it out? <laughs> I wish you could see my face. I wish you could see my face. People who are undeserving. Mm, yes. His brother, his father, his father figure. I think that's called dysfunctional families more than anything else. <laughs> he lashes out at the people he cares about, but they equally lash out at him. Again, it's so, it, this is so cherry picked for these weird, like, one specific moments. 
Like if you ever only ever watched one episode of Supernatural or you watch one scene, you'd be like, holy shit, Dean's a really abusive brother. But you've missed out on all of it again, context. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and he's he doesn't lash out at these people who are undeserving. That is how they communicate. They have a big bust up and everybody says things they don't mean. And everybody mm-hmm. goes away and sulks. And then they come back and be like, we're not going to apologize, but we're going to move forward. Yeah. No chick flick moments. Yeah. 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 So it's. Um, it, it, yeah. I got it. Yep. Agree. Yeah. Uh, three yeah. chronic feelings of emptiness. This, this is, this particular one is, uh, this, this is one of the stronger reaches for my, for me. Um, this is a leap based on outside perspective. You cannot tell by looking at someone how that person feels inside. Mm-hmm. So you can't say from an outside perspective as an observer, Dean feels empty all the time. Because how do you how do you qualify that? How do you what what are the external symptoms of a feeling of emptiness there are none? But we can look up the things that Dean says. And the things that Dean says very crucially sticks out to me. I wish I couldn't feel a damn thing when he's telling Sam about his time in hell. That is not a man who feels empty. He mm-hmm. feels everything Mm -hmm. so much to the point of it being completely overwhelming Mm -hmm. and that probably does link back into his anger dean we've talked about it before dean emotionally is very stunted he's still emotionally a child Mm -hmm. what do children do when they have really big feelings and really big emotions that they can't verbalize they get angry they tantrum because they have no other way to explain what's happening to them and they have no sphere of reference Mm -hmm. they just have to it's so overwhelming they have to release the feeling somehow Mm -hmm. for all intents and purposes dean emotionally is a child and that is what children do Mm -hmm. so that links you know i don't think he has chronic feelings of emptiness i think it's the complete opposite and that links back in to these anger issues that he supposedly has and i'm like are they anger issues or are they just an overwhelmed child yeah i think so i'm gonna i'm bouncing around to what the poster wrote so they wrote chronic feelings of emptiness prompt many maladaptive behaviors that dean has it can also be said that famine telling dean he's already dead inside in five times 14 my bloody valentine was a direct quote about dean's emptiness when someone does feel empty or numb or nothing it really does feel like you're dead. But doesn't that lend itself to the fact that he's making a choice to not feel anything? So in my mind, there's a there's a difference in there's a difference there. Like he made he made that choice mm-hmm. in that scenario to not feel anything. Because like you said, going back to what he stated in season four, I wish I couldn't feel a damn thing. He's he's using that to not have to, but that doesn't mean that it's chronic. I feel like it's a reaction to how he's trying to handle, again, an unbelievable situation that nobody else would probably like, you know, spending, what was it, four months in hell, you know, 40 years worth of torture, kind of not something anybody else is going to be able to wrap their head around in any normal circumstances. The fact that he was even able to come out of that the way that he had, which in my mind, I still think Cass had to have wiped some, Cass had to have wiped some of that away, like not all of it, but 40 years worth, I think would have to have been taken off of his shoulders to even 
come out not babbling like a yeah like he mm-hmm. just yeah like he just needed help all the time so um yeah yeah and that i think kind of thing. i think it's important to to acknowledge the distinction between choosing mm-hmm. not to engage with certain emotions and mm-hmm. being unable mm-hmm. to engage mm-hmm. dean and, chooses yeah the word chronic to is compartmentalize important. yeah yeah because i think you could say acute based off of what he's dealing with it and, and yes they do have apocalypse or bad you know the big bad every season but that's not all the time that he has had spans of time in his life where it hasn't been everything's being thrown at them you know so Mm -hmm. for self okay now we're into domain b impulse behaviors that are harmful to you or to others self-damaging acts such as excessive spending Unsafe and inappropriate sexual conduct, substance abuse, reckless driving, and binge eating. We'll come back to that when we when we go through the other one. Uh, number five, recurrent suicidal behavior, gestures, threats, or self-injurious behaviors such as cutting or hitting yourself. Also, you may engage in other impulsive behaviors such as actions that are harmful and destructive to yourself, others, or property. Domain C, inaccurate perceptions of yourself and others and high levels of suspiciousness. A markedly and persistent, unstable self-image or sense of yourself, your perceptions of yourself, <laughs> your identity. I think this is this is one of the only criteria that Miss Audubon, Sandra, and myself went fucking no <laughs> in exactly the same kind of tone. Because there's, there's, there's obviously differing opinions between the three of us, but all three of us were like, no, mm-hmm, absolutely mm-hmm. not. Yeah. So um, I'll, just, I'll just kind of summarize that this, the this blog says that Dean um had based his identity off John, you know, like he dresses the same, he speaks the same, he listens to the same music, da da da, da. and this impacts um like the way he treats Jack in a father role, he imitates John. Um the, the, he, there is no stable self-image for Dean. He can't figure out if he's meant to be Sam's older brother, his father, his mother, if he's meant to be a hunter, a dad to Jack someone who's part of a family, what that might mean, if he's violent, if he's caring, if he's allowed to be a nerd like Sam says he is, he's a little weird. He just doesn't know. This is, Dean knows who he is. He has a very solid self-image. He knows who he is. Mm. That image is not positive, but he knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It. Yeah. yeah. We're just going to leave that there because I'll th- like, we'll discuss our more detailed thoughts, but I'll feel even like, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Gosh. So number seven, suspiciousness of others, thoughts about you, and even paranoid ideation or transient and stress-related disassociative episodes during which you feel that you or your surroundings appear unreal. Right. Uh, I just want to say, I just want to say about this one. The author of this blog post has written, since I'm not in Dean's head, I can't say if he experiences the symptom. But they were perfectly happy to say that Dean experiences chronic feelings of emptiness a few paragraphs ago. Mm-hmm. This is the point where I lost approximately 90% of my shit and started typing in caps. <laughs> Dean is usually highly suspicious of others. Con fucking text. Mm-hmm. In the context of their world, yes, he is. Mm-hmm. Because he knows that monsters can look just like regular people. And I don't mean like, oh, serial killers and psychopaths. Literal monsters. Mm-hmm. Fucking shapeshifters. Skinwalkers. Demons. Vampires. Where literal monsters can just walk around looking like people. Yeah. I would be suspicious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh <laughs> I knew so, I, I, so... I I knew this was gonna get your 
Oh, so okay. Much. So um, other symptoms in this domain include split or all or nothing thinking, difficulty pulling your thoughts together so they make sense and rational problem solving, especially in social conflicts. I'm just going to read this one sentence where then you have something highlighted. The conflict between him and Castiel was a communication issue. And the bigger issue was Jack, of course, and the blame for that falls on a lot of people. But Dean exhibited his issues with that. And he often has issues with social conflicts like that. Stop the press. Man who experienced massive childhood trauma and abusive as fuck upbringing and then a life of hunting monsters has some fucking communication issues. Christ alive. (laughs) I just don't feel like I can add anything more to that. I was, we were like peak mad at this point. Like, Jesus. Oh, gosh. I mean, well, if you had to pull the constituent parts, fuck me, you end up with a perfectly well-rounded human. Good Lord. Number eight, you may engage in frantic efforts to avoid real or imagined abandonment. And you've highlighted at the point where a blogger posted, Dean doesn't want to be alone and is afraid of being abandoned. Every single person Dean has let himself care about has either left him or been taken from him. Every single one. There is no one consistent person that has stayed in his life. Most of them he's lost more than once. So. I excuse Dean for, for having a bit of trauma around that. I mean, good Lord, mm, man. Yeah, He's so yeah. terribly well maladjusted. And also, again, with this, this the person that wrote this post, a few paragraphs ago, he was this fragile suicidal baby that was ready to go and off himself at the drop of a hat. You know, if you looked at him funny, oh, I'd fucking be out with a rope, a rope around a tree. But suddenly he's frantic to maintain the status quo mm-hmm. and keep people around him. Yeah. This is so cherry picked. It's unreal. And I think that's what made me so angry because I'm like, well, you can pick. There's 15 fucking seasons of this show, 226 at 320. Yeah. I was going to say, you look six or seven. got a whole hundred. <laughs> I missed a hundred. You could cherry pick from any of those episodes, scenes, even seasons, and just. Make a fucking checklist of alleged mental illnesses that these boys have because you can cherry pick evidence for all of them, but you got to look at the whole. You can't just be like, oh, yes, this and this and this. So, yes, no, disagree. Number nine, your relationships may be very intense, unstable, and alternate between the extremes of over idealizing and undervaluing people who are important to you. I think this is one where I might have like, had some thoughts that might have differed a little bit, but all of Dean's relationships are intense with Sam Castiel, even Mary and John. And he has oftentimes over idealized both his parents and put them on a pedestal. And the later seasons have been about tearing that pedestal down for Dean. And then the one part that you've got highlighted their ride (laughs) or die kind of relationships or ones where they'll die together or they'll die for each other or do the worst things to and for each other and call it love. So I highlighted ride or die. It's a trauma response. Mm. C point above. Everyone Dean has let himself care about. Has either just been love taken this next one. Dean's been beaten by Castiel <laughs> and he's beaten Castiel. He has abusive tendencies towards Sam. And you've highlighted abusive tendencies and just wrote. Shut the absolute <laughs> fuck up. Shut up right now. We would now at like 100% mad. Peak mad. Shut up. You know what? Maybe we should cut out that part where I was like, come and chat to me. Don't come and chat to me. (laughs) Do not. If that is the way that you view their relationship, shut up. Go be over there 
and we will just not engage. You're entitled to your opinion. I'm entitled to think it's wrong. Let's not talk about it. Oh, goodness. Goodness. Mm. Oftentimes, their relationship is described as codependent, but where we've been shown that Sam can let go and be with Dean to a healthy degree, Dean can't. I disagree with that because you can't say Sam can let go and be with Dean to a healthy degree. I don't think Sam can do that. I think Sam has to have Dean totally out of his life in order yeah, to it's all or nothing. let go. So it's on both it's sides for nothing. them. And you just wrote Dean can't. Dean can't was highlighted and you wrote, what did you Maybe mean? because, yeah, maybe <laughs> Because Sam was raised by a parent who gave a fuck about him and Dean wasn't. I mean, we, 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 I think most of us agree now, Dean was Sam's parent. There's a tag mm-hmm. for it on AO3. Um, Dean raised Sam and he did the best his little four years older knowledge gave him. Mm-hmm. But the point is he wanted Sam to succeed. And the intent goes a long way. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying Sam had a great upbringing. I fucking am. Mm-hmm. But he had a better a more positive upbringing than Dean did because all Dean had was his dad pressing down on his fucking shoulders. Mm -hmm. So excuse the fuck out of Dean for not being well-adjusted when he put every bit of himself into making sure Sam was well-adjusted. Yeah. So, yeah. No. And then just the last thing that um, I'm going to read from this post. I still think there's a lot to love. I still think there's a lot to love about Dean. Carly writes. How oh, fucking benevolent of you. That was, I was done with this at that point. Oh, well, you've just spent like however many pages ripping into him. How benevolent of you to still love him after all of that. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I'm mad. But if you do, if you are the author or you have seen this blog and you agree with it and you would like to come and have a chat, I, yeah, let's have a chat. Um, yeah. I apologize for my rage. I think, I think it's chats, not directed I, at you yeah. personally. Chats, chats are good. And I think even like when we, when we went through different comments on things, I think some of my takes are different than yours, but we're not, you know, again, it's like, it's discussion, right? But this kind of stuff is very emotionally rattling, I think. And I, I think it's Mm -hmm. because we care about these characters so much. And again, we get into that like territory of like, you're not, you're not seeing the whole, the whole picture. And I think I'm, you know, I'm guilty of doing that too. Mm-hmm. at times but i think when you put that I'm, stuff out on the internet you're kind of going to expect there's going to be some comments and so there could be comments on our end as well which actually would be yeah. kind of great because <laughs> i'm like i like it i'm like you know sometimes it's like okay if you're making somebody angry <laughs> you're having an effect on that person you don't want it to not be just anger like you know you'd like to have a reflective part of it too and i think this yeah this gets the anger into reflection and really thinking yeah. about this a little bit more so that's my spin on it anyway (laughs) i will i will say as as the product of of a traumatic childhood i'm probably projecting so hard i could show powerpoints at this point um you know so i will i will take into account my own bias there that i probably i'm inserting too much of myself into their interpretation of dean there and being like ah well this is an attack on my person um, which obviously it wasn't intended to be. So, oh, I feel that, my rage. I, I feel I I feel the trauma response too when it comes to when it comes to that when it comes to that situation in particular, especially when you're dealing with a kid who's given so many adult responsibilities, and you're like, well, how do you expect them 
to react and adjust. And, you know, whatever's considered quote unquote normal isn't normal for anyone. Everyone's experience is varied and different. And we're talking about, you know, a fictional character that's had everything thrown at them and taken away kind of all at the same Mm -hmm. time. So again, even when I have made comments on this, I'm really trying to pull it apart as, you know, what are some of the quote unquote more normal moments that you could focus on that could relate back to this criteria situation? So it's this, this will be interesting. Mm-hmm. So I think what we should probably do is, yeah, well, now we're going to go through them again. Bear with us, listeners. We're going to go through them again. Um, this time we're going to have uh, Miss Audubon's thoughts. Um, then I'll talk a little bit about mine and we'll go back and forth with with mine and Carly as we, as we normally do. Um, what I kind of did was I took the criteria and kind of either said my thoughts about yes or no. And we'll just, we'll start with Miss Audubon's first. So we'll start with number one, frantic efforts to avoid real or imagined abandonment. And it has in parentheses note, do not include suicidal or self-mutilating behavior covered in criterion five. Miss Audubon writes, his priority is to make sure others, especially Sam, are okay. Not his own fear of abandonment is the main focus. He fears abandonment because he has experienced it in an extreme way over and over again, but he does let the people go if he thinks it is better for them instead of doing anything to keep them with him. Going to hell alone for Sam, hunting alone without dad, instead of doing anything to stay with dad, leaving Lisa for her own good. So I wrote like a soft no on this one because I wrote agree with Mm -hmm. priority to ensure others' safety. I'd go further to say he devalues himself. I do believe that there's underlying fear of abandonment, things that occurred around him or changed his life trajectory. Mary's death, Sam leaving for college, all the times Cass left disappeared, or not being worthy of developing relationships or being a focus in another person's life. I guess I'm hanging on the word frantic in the criteria, which doesn't make me say definitively yes on this one. I think he's frantic and impulsive when it comes to caring for others. So my th- my thoughts on this is um, he would and does act frantically to fix a situation mm-hmm. if he thinks someone is is going to leave or be mm-hmm. taken from him. But once he recognizes that it's not fixable, he will let that person go. He might not like it, mm-hmm. but he will he will let that person go. He doesn't you know move hell on earth to make them stay. You know he'll throw his hands up. I think um, I agree with Sandra on this. It's not, it's not so much that he accepts the person is leaving and that's their choice. He just considers himself not worthy mm-hmm. of being around. Is not worth that person mm-hmm. staying with him, kind of thing. It's not healthy, yeah, but certainly. But I don't think he hits this specific criteria. And I think if you try to take this back, because now I'm trying to like pinpoint his growing up and stuff. So if we talk about even just before. Mary died. He does see situations again at a very young age. Who knows how much of an impact that has on him? But he's seen situations where John leaves Mary, you know, for better or worse, he becomes that person that's like, you know, it's okay, mom, I'll always love you kind of situation. So I think he's given some exposure to what it's like for, you know, someone to just leave and you just kind of have to deal with the situation as it is. So that kind of a thing. So that's me cherry picking for that particular situation. So then we go into number two, a pattern of unstable and intense interpersonal relationships characterized by alternating between extremes 
of idealization and devaluation. And Ms. Audubon writes, when Dean forms a relationship, he never just lets that person go for nothing and he does not devaluate them. He loves them unconditionally with all their flaws. If he breaks the contact, it's because of life-threatening situations or because the person dies or because he has a job to do and needs to leave. He would always be there for the others when needed, not one day hot, one day cold. They say he idealized dad, but it seems to me more like he idealized him also in front of Sam as a kid. And later he mostly tried to keep the peace while Sam was butting heads with dad, which to Sam seemed like idealization and taking sides because Dean did not like to talk bad about a person he loves and did not like the fights. A BPD person would be more likely to constantly seek a fight. He constantly tried to keep peace. He idealized the idea of hunting and that dad is rescuing people. But he learned very early that dad was also shitty. It's normal for kids to idealize their parents up to a certain age. At some point, he knew dad has lots of flaws and saw them, but he knew he couldn't do anything about it and did not talk bad about dad. Now, this one I came up with, yes. And I wrote the, I believe the extreme idealization and devaluation of interpersonal relationships occurs many times throughout the series. It all hinges around Dean's mission to protect Sam at all costs, and in later seasons, saving Mary. People who he may have considered a part of his found family once are easily sacrificed, forgotten, or devalued, placed at a lower tier. I think he rationalizes this in his head and finds a way to consider them a tool or necessity for the greater good. And I listed a bunch of um, people that I thought like this pertained to, uh, like Jack, Kevin, even Cass, Lisa and Ben, Benny, and put Adam down at the bottom, even though they didn't really know Adam all that well. But the one that I really, I always come back to that really bothers me is the Kaya instance where to me, like he literally pulls a gun on her, you know, and again, it's for trying to find out what's happened to Mary um, situation. Mm. That, that to me shows, you know, this, he can kind of take or leave a person. Ted and I talk about this a lot. Sam's 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 at the top tier level, right? Like I think, I think everything for him. And again, based on his growing up and all the things he's been dealing with, Sam's Sam's the thing you you hold near and dear and you make sure at all costs. So that's mm-hmm. kind of why I came up with that. Um, I would say he even does this with Sam by allowing the angel Ezekiel Gadriel to possess Sam, even though he's doing it to save Sam from death, he's taking away Sam's bodily autonomy and consent. Um, all that to say Dean is living in heightened life and death scenarios all the time. So I can see other viewpoints. So again, this is me just kind of like, I I see the bigger picture, but I'm also like, mm, I've seen where he does this in my mind. It's it's unstable, I think, in some of his interpersonal relationships in my mind. Yeah. Fully, fully agree. I'm kind of, I didn't really sort of give these these criteria yes and no as like Sandra did. I just kind of like put my thoughts together. So mm-hmm. I do think Dean is very much an all or nothing kind of person. I don't think he takes his relationships for granted. Um, but with that being said, if you disagree with him, if you end up being against whatever his current mission may be, and I mean, towards the end, that never to used to include Sam, mm-hmm. but it does towards the end. You know, thinking of the last the last few episodes, mm-hmm. certainly, I think it was Unity where they fought 
over Jack and what they were going to do with him. And he pulls a gun um, on Sam. Yeah. And he, yeah. If you, if you end up against his mission, whatever that might be, he will utterly discard you. You will then be done and he mm-hmm. won't, you then fall into nothing and he's not interested in what happens to you. But it's not, for me, this criteria seem to imply that this back and forth happened quite regularly, which I don't think it does with Dean. Mm. He's quite happy to mosey along with his relationships until an issue comes up. You know, he's not creating drama for the sake of creating drama. Yeah. And I think another thing it's it's worth considering is when you get to that against disagreement and you become nothing, he will blow it up. You know, mm-hmm. he won't just walk away. He will leave fucking crater so there's no way to come back. And I don't know if that's... I think in Dean's mind, he probably thinks that's quite a noble thing because then he's, you know, he's really aggressively cut it off. That person is not going to... They're going to hate him. Mm-hmm. And that is... He prefers that to them wanting him, longing, missing anything. If they hate him, then they're safe. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it it might be more that it actually is more beneficial for Dean who can then go, well, they hate me. So I can't, you know, I can't go and make amends. Yeah. You know, I think it's more for him, but like, if you look at like Lisa, you know, mm-hmm. he, could, he couldn't have blown that up any harder unless he'd actively killed Lisa and Ben, you know, mm-hmm. I think about mm-hmm. Benny, um, Adam, Cass a few times as well. Mm-hmm. You know, in the, in the Tumblr blog, it mentions um, the thing with Jack and he says to Cash, you're dead to me and, th- and that's the end of that. Mm-hmm. You've had a blooper that I've been watching a lot. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to stay here, then you stay here and he pretends to cry. Cass mm-hmm. pretends to cry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Um, but yeah, even with Cass, a few times he's like, yeah, we're fucking done, you know, and it's it's really nasty Yeah, because Dean thinks that's going to be the best way to make sure that nobody comes and makes him face up to the consequences of his actions. Yeah. I also think so too, kind of, yeah, when we, yeah. we've talked about this before too, like if you go back to the fact, like how much of this is being influenced by Chuck and pushing and putting them in these situations over yeah. and over again, is this just Dean's way of fighting back what's being faded? Uh, so again, like we're, we're putting all these things in place, but then we're also going off of this, you know, thing that, you know, apparently, you know, Chuck was writing a lot of their plot lines and, you know, um, conflicts and things and seeing what would happen over and over and over again. And that, that could, you know, be relating to why he's at the end of his rope so many times and going, you know, back and forth to, you know, what, what, what do I have to do to get through this kind of scenario? So that was, that was one of the best (laughs) from the writer's perspective. That was one of the best things they ever did because Mm -hmm. now we can't trust anything. Yeah. Now we're like, Ah, yes, this. But what if? Yeah, um, yeah. It's yeah. very, very lazy writing, but it's been very effective because you could be like, yes, this, and then you're like, ah, oh, shit. But what if it was just Chuck? <laughs> Bollocks. Yeah, yeah. lazy, yeah. lazy mm-hmm. writing on the part of the supernatural writers, but unfortunately, very effective. Yeah, yeah. So we've got um, yeah. number three: identity disturbance, uh, markedly and persistently unstable self-image or sense of self. Uh, Miss Audubon writes, Dean has a very stable self-image and sense of self. Unfortunately, it is not a good one. He thinks he is a loser, not smart, not worth much attention or good. But that image is very stable for a long time 
until later when he grows and is okay with himself and has accepted himself. Uh, Miss Audubon gives the example of uh, the episode Lebanon in 1413. Dean and Sam are doing dishes and Sam is struggling with how everything came and how it used to be. And Dean says, I was angry. What does that make us? Would we be better off? Yeah, maybe, but I got to be honest. I don't know who that Dean Winchester is and I am good with who I am. That is so not BPD. Uh, I gave this a no and I wrote, agree that Dean stuck to a sense of self-image and sense of self that did not markedly change throughout the series. I think this was ingrained in him from a young age. In season three, Dean's dream subconscious and demon Dean reflection refers to him as daddy's blunt instrument and Cass echoes that exact phrase back to Dean in season 15. You see yourself the same way our enemies see you. You're destructive and you're angry and you're broken. You're daddy's blunt instrument. That sense of self has not changed for over a decade and I'm sure it was that way for decades prior. There's hope that he will make healthy changes to that mindset in 1519 when Chuck says he's going to die at the hands of the ultimate killer, Dean Winchester. And Dean replies, that's not who I am. I don't have anything to add with that. I think Sandra and Miss Autobahn covered all of the bases on that one. He has a very stable and consistent self-image. It's just a really negative one. And that is yeah. sad. Yeah. Body, but yeah. I don't like he doesn't is not unstable. I don't have anything. Mm-hmm. Anything really to add there. So we've got number four, impulsivity in at least two areas that are potentially self-damaging. Uh, there's examples spending, sex, substance abuse, reckless driving, binge eating. And in parentheses, note do not include suicidal or self-mutilating behavior covered in criterion five. Miss Audubon writes. Okay, he is impulsive, but you have to look at the circumstances. Spending. Context. (laughs) Why should he not spend money if he does not have a stable home or job and pension plan and expects to die young? I bet whenever he had to keep money together, for example, to feed Sam as a kid, he was perfectly able of spending extremely little. And what he is spending money on is not that luxurious. Drinks example, but he does not stay in luxurious hotels does not take top shelf wine for $600 a bottle. He just doesn't have much, so it is gone quickly. Sex. More in borderline, it's unsafe sex. It is okay to be impulsive in sex and to have sex. He is an attractive single young man, and it is normal that he has his conquests. However, example, it is shown that he is pro-sex and pro-protection. Emma was an accident. Substance abuse. He Mm -hmm. is an alcoholic, but that doesn't mean he is borderline can also be a PTSD symptom or just a disorder on itself. Reckless driving, he's a great driver. He drives fast and when need be very fast, like when chased by a monster, but that is not necessarily reckless for him. Binge eating, he does enjoy food. However, he also goes stretches of time without food out of necessity. He's a very active guy and obviously burns all the calories or he would be fat. (laughs) It's less binge eating, (laughs) at least not too often, and more big appetite and high metabolism. Also more symptoms of phases of starvation as a kid. As a matter of fact, I do not see Dean's indulging behaviors as negative or disorders, but I see would rate them as resilient behavior, except the drinking. He is, even though life often is difficult, able to find joy in little things, to find ways to feel good. And as long as, like he himself says, there are two consenting adults, also safe sex is an okay way to seek comfort and pleasure and feel good. 
And as long as he does not have health problems and is as fit as he appears, which is not a normal thing, it seems okay to me to enjoy the hell out of a good burger or some pie. I would if I had an angel by my side that takes away all the negative health side effects. Being able to value little pleasures and enjoy little things is a valuable resource. Um, So on my end, Mm -hmm. I took, it says at least two areas. So I kind of tried to break them out. I came up with yes, because I finagling that two maybes might equal a yes, which gives Dean two areas that are potentially self-damaging. So for spending, I put no. He was good with his money when he had to be. I think the times he did spend money, he was treating himself and not overly excessive. Sex, maybe. This is a tough one. I feel like Dean enjoys sex, but that he is impulsive about it at times. I think that can be self-damaging if he doesn't view himself as a consenting and equal partner in the actual act. Uh, Substance abuse, I went, yes, the drinking to me was impulsive and his go-to for decades. Reckless driving, no, damn good driver when he had to be and only took risks when it was absolutely necessary. Binge eating, maybe. I think we have to go back to Dean's food insecurity issues growing up to see how this could lead to binge eating. So that's how I came about with a quote unquote, technically maybe a yes in that scenario. And you got thoughts from the other doc. (laughs) I do. I I have to question, I have to question what leads you to think that he might not value, view himself as a consenting and equal partner in the actual act of sex. I'm, I'm just curious what points you in that direction. I don't I know don't if this is me mixing up a lot of um, fiction stuff too that I've read over the years that tries to get into Dean's head at times too. So I think that's where I'm like waffling about the consenting and equal. Mm. Um, because I think if we, if we go into um, the sex as being something he had to do for other reasons, then maybe that kind of had an effect on his impulsivity in it later on. So again, that's why it's like a maybe. And even in that respect, it's like a maybe. So it's not a hard, I could say yes on that. I'm going back to the fact that things that happen to you when you're younger, whether you know it or not, devalue yourself and make you make you do things that maybe you think you're consenting to when you're maybe not. Um, and I'm pulling that from personal stuff. So I'm yeah. looking at it from what might've happened to him when he was younger. If we take it um, from Jensen's even mouth, you know, that Dean might've done things that I've had experiences with where those things do affect your sex, your sex life growing up. And you have to yeah. move past that. So that's where I'm getting at that yeah. maybe. Um, for Dean. And again, I'm, I'm again, trying to get into his head based off of information we've kind of heard um, over the years. So I think that's where he could be impulsive and then maybe have regretted it later, if that makes sense in certain Mm. situations. And I don't know if we ever get, we never see those situations in the show. It's also, you know, conquests and, um, you know, this bravado and this like, you know, I'm a ladies man kind of thing. But we don't get the flip side of that. And there's there's some hints that there was other stuff that happened when he was younger. So that's why I came to that sort of maybe, if that yeah. makes sense a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. No, I'm with you now. I was just kind of like, I don't mm-hmm. know. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, no. No, I'm with you. So I put down my thoughts about this in the um, other documents. So I will, I will go 
a few of my thoughts. So, um, excessive spending. I and again, my knowledge of the actual episodes is not as strong as Sandra's, but I can't think of a single splurge that that, that Dane had. Um, um, just maybe like this again, like what you see him splurging on, you don't know like where he's getting the funds for that anyway. Like if it's a stolen credit card or if it's just like he's like a fake identity situation. But what is what is what does he splurge on? Pie? The only thing I can think of is I his can't... stuff in, is his stuff in the man cave. <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of. That's just for him. Those things are like just for the Dean Cave kind of situation. Okay. I would consider yeah. that a splurge. Um okay. outside of that, yeah. okay. I can't think of anything else. Uh, yeah, because see, I I couldn't think of anything else. I'm like, he buys food because there's he, a jukebox he, in there. There's like, you know, he's got like, I think he's got a nice sofa thing happening. Thrifted <laughs> stuff. He you could have. No, he could have. He could have. But then he had like, but yeah, the TV, <laughs> which he got <laughs> for something right, else. Well, he yeah, got yeah. fucked with the TV, didn't he? <laughs> so you know, maybe he learned less than thrifting TVs. Okay, yeah, but like apart outside of that, I mm-hmm. I didn't even comment on spending because I was like, I don't think of anything mm-hmm. he excessively spends on. Um, oh, we don't know how much that uh, cowboy in- hat cost him when he got all dressed up in tombstone. <laughs> uh, he yeah, stole no, I it. I don't think so. I don't. I I really spending. I don't think is a big thing for him. Yeah, yeah. Um. So what did we go to after that one? Sex. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I don't know about this now. Uh, unsafe and inappropriate sexual conduct. Okay. In 15 plus, if we assume that Dean started booking at around 16, which he probably mm-hmm. did, mm-hmm. and then he's 26 when the show starts, and then we have 15 years of the show, so that's 25 years, and then I think it's been accepted as either canonical or at least everyone's headcanon that there was about five years between 15, 19, and 15, 20. So that's 30 years. Mm-hmm. And in those 30 years of Dean fucking everything that he could <laughs> conceivably talk into bed, he fathered one child by accident. Mm-hmm. That is not the actions of a reckless man. Mm-hmm. And in that episode, Sam was like, well, did you use protection? And he's like, yes, obviously. <laughs> like this, like he's offended that Sam would even ask that mm-hmm. of him because mm-hmm. he's so fucking rubber up, you know? Yeah, yeah. So unsafe in that way no he's mm-hmm. very much a proponent of enjoying sex but being safe about it mm-hmm. unsafe in the not so much more the more traditional way but unsafe in the way of physically being unsafe Dean's huge mm-hmm. and he sleeps with tiny women mm-hmm. like not as tiny as sam's women or jared's mm-hmm. women but you know like he sleeps with women who by and large are smaller and delicate. He's never in any physical bodily danger right. from these women. Right. Ergo, I would not say that is unsafe. So yeah. I don't think he engages in any kind of unsafe sexual activities. And as for inappropriate, where? When? He jokes with Sam about his sex life and his sexual contests, mm-hmm. conquests. And Sam's like, ugh, dude. Mm-hmm. Which is, I think, every sibling relationship ever. Yeah. Everybody's like, I don't want to hear about your fucks, dude. Yeah. Yeah. He flirts. And yeah, some, sometimes he aggressively flirts, but he's never, he's never been inappropriate. He's never laid a hand on anybody inappropriately. If he gets back off signals, he will back off. You know, I think mm-hmm. his default is to be charming and flirtatious. Yeah. He's a, 
a disarming mechanism. Yeah, yeah. But I don't, he's never been inappropriate. Mm -hmm. So that's a no for me. So I'm Mm -hmm. no on the spending, no on the sex. Mm -hmm. Where were we at now? Substance abuse. I'm still no. I'm no on this because I don't want to, I do not want to diminish alcohol abuse or addiction. It is just as valid as any other type of addiction. It is just as life ruining as any other type of addiction. But I think context is key here. Mm-hmm. Sam and Dean hang out in a whole heap of seedy, shady places. If he wanted something stronger than whiskey, he could mm-hmm. obtain it very fucking easily. And he could get that at any time he wanted. They hang out in those kind of places, but mm-hmm. he doesn't. Mm-hmm. He sticks exclusively to alcohol and he knows his limits with alcohol. Does he drink more than the normal person? Yes. But mm-hmm. is he blackout drunk every night? No. So Dean's Dean's alcohol issues, they're no more than someone having a glass of wine after a hard day. It's just his limit is much higher. But that's how he treats it. He doesn't mm-hmm. drink to excess. He drinks as much as he needs. And it's not it's not healthy. I'm not I'm not here to defend Dean's, right. Dean's alcohol addiction. Yeah. But I just think. It's mild compared to what it could be. He could be strung out on dope. You know, mm-hmm. he could be absolutely out of his fucking... But I mean, he couldn't because it wouldn't be on TV. Mm-hmm. But in the context of the world, he could be. Uh, next one, reckless driving. Completely not. He loves that car more than I think he <laughs> loves any human being on the planet, up to mm-hmm. and including Sam. Mm-hmm. He would not be reckless with her ever. Mm-hmm. He's a good driver. He's a fast driver. But he knows that car inside out and backwards. He knows exactly how to handle her. Mm-hmm. He would not. He would not risk his baby driving recklessly. Never, mm-hmm. ever, ever, mm-hmm. ever. So the last one, binge eating. So let me just pull up my notes. So um, in the blog post, this person had written, um, just because my notes sort of respond more to mm-hmm. what they had written than just the the thing. Mm-hmm. So they put, as far as his eating goes, I wouldn't say binge eats, but when something's wrong in his life, he turns to lots of unhealthy food. It's common for the show to make it clear that Dean's upset or unfeeling by giving us shots of too many empty beer bottles and excessive food wrappers and or pizza boxes. Context is key. I'm so tired of saying that. <laughs> Dean grew up hungry mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Dean knows what it is to be truly hungry in a way that I think most people in the Western world don't. Mm-hmm. So his binge eating tendencies in massive quotes, that's nothing to do with a mental disorder. And that's a trauma response. Mm -hmm. Food makes him feel safe. Mm -hmm. Being able to eat to excess and not worry about how he's going to replace that food is a comfort to him because he's been hungry before. So I don't, it's, it's a problem maybe. Mm-hmm. But it's not a I don't think it's a symptom mm-hmm. of BPD. I mm-hmm. mean, it's it's disordered eating for sure, mm-hmm. but it's a trauma response, I think, mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. than a symptom. So I would also go with no, because I'm sorry. If you if you want to diagnose Dean in the normal world, who out of any of us hasn't had a bad day and be like, I'm gonna order a pizza yeah. and eat until I feel sick. Yeah. You know, yeah. or ice cream or chocolate or mm-hmm. whatever your particular vice may be. Even if that is too many glasses of wine or too many bottles of beer or what like sometimes you have a shit day and you need to just disconnect from that shit day in whatever mm-hmm. you feel 
whatever your particular comfort is food alcohol sex whatever yeah so i'm not sitting here saying dean's the same i'm just saying none of his issues line up with the the bpd thing so i'm gonna go vote no for all of those i don't think he meets that criteria okay all right so we've got number five recurrent suicidal behavior gestures threats or self-mutilating behavior and miss audubon writes for most of the time he fights extremely hard to survive even when all odds are against him. He is not just doing suicidal behavior when everything is actually okay. However, he does have depressive episodes when everything actually is too much to bear. And even then, it is not just for attention or suicide itself, but for helping others. He does not just feel like the world is out to get him. The world in heaven and hell are actually really out to get him. Others would long have killed themselves in such a situation, The few scenes when he did stop his heart, he knew the risks, but he did count on surviving and he did put measures into place so he could be brought back. And it was not because he wanted to die, but it was a means to help with something. Um, So it sounds like Miss Audubon's a no. I wrote yes. Um, I said, I agree with Miss Audubon that Dean has a high threshold for dealing with life or death situations. However, I don't think that completely disregards the fact that he is willing to sacrifice himself again and again for the common good, feels less than, and easily expendable. In my mind, that leans towards recurrent suicidal behavior. And I wrote some examples, like he's been burdened with emotional pain since he was a child, uses alcohol more and more frequently in depressive times. He's made plans for suicide technically to save the world or people he cares for, gave away important possessions when he gave Sam the keys to baby said goodbye to people when he was going to trap himself in the Malik box. Unfortunately, I think John was a big cause of this behavior. He was a model for suicidal behavior and substance abuse. And Dean more than likely was exposed to all of that growing up. I did write, I really can't think of instances where he self-mutilated. I mean, the the excessive drinking, you could argue, is is a form of Mm self-harm. But I think that's that's different. See, I'm, I'm no, Mm -hmm. I'm no on this one i was like i'm not i haven't done this and then i'm like no yes no <laughs> no i'm i'm no on this mm-hmm. i think being a martyr and being suicidal are very different mm. mm-hmm. so yes dean is the first one to hand himself up and be like yeah I'll, I'll sell my soul for my brother and i'll go to hell and i'll lock myself in a box with an archangel for the rest of time and i'll mm-hmm. do this and i'll mm-hmm. do that but i don't think any of it genuinely comes from a place of wanting to die I think it's back against the wall, no way out, and he's mm-hmm. never going to ask Sam to do these things. Mm-hmm. So the only person he trusts to do these things is himself. Mm-hmm. But it's not a genuine, a genuine suicidal ideology. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I don't see it. Mm-hmm. I, I guess think- for me, it's just this whole less than for him and, um the expendability part and like you know if i was gone it wouldn't make it wouldn't make a difference kind of situation i guess is where i keep i keep kind of coming back to and again i just think that that's hinges on his growing up with a father who was unstable and expressed mm-hmm. and showed certain things that i think got ingrained in him so that's that's where my that's where my thoughts come to for yes in that situation I think I think it's worth bearing in mind though if you take that back to his childhood. Dean never grew up allowed to be who he was for who he was. His mm-hmm. whole mission from being four 
was take care of your brother. Yeah. So that's, yeah. he grew up thinking that that was all he was mm-hmm. good for. He was never allowed to be for the sake of being. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't, I, I, I don't see Dean as someone who is suicidal personally. Okay. So. All right. Yeah. We've got number six, effective instability due to a marked reactivity of mood. Example, intense episodic dysphoria, irritability, or anxiety, usually lasting a few hours and only rarely more than a few days. Ms. Audubon writes, he does show extreme moods on screen, but there is really something going on when he does. For example, the world is out to get him or his loved ones. It is really appropriate to feel anxiety when almost killed or depressed when losing close family members. Actually, Sam and Dean show both extremely little mood swings and emotions when faced with life-threatening situations, like a monster of the week that would make normal people freak out. I did write yes on this one. I said, I'm going to say yes when you take things out of the life and death scenarios that Miss Autobahn mentions. I think when you bring this down to a one-on-one situation, you can see this instability more clearly. I think his relationship's reactions to Mary is a good example. When Mary tells the boy she's leaving to find herself, when Dean shares Mary's dream state and you see the struggle in his mood based on the emotional state he's in. And I just I just feel like Dean is a very either highest of highs or lowest of lows guys at the drop of a hat. I don't know, you're see, probably not. That's so interesting. <laughs> that's, that's so interesting because... We're looking at exactly the same character mm-hmm. but because we filter it through our lived experience. Mm-hmm. We come out literally completely opposite. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm completely with Miss Autobahn here. I mm-hmm. don't think you can take the context out of this. Mm-hmm. You can't. Dean is always in a life or death scenario. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we've never seen him in a neutral state. Yeah. We don't know. We've seen him in a neutral period for like, a little while mm-hmm. sure there are there are periods of time i'm thinking specifically after they found the bunker that things mm-hmm. you know, things were a little bit chill mm-hmm. we still never you never get an extended period of time for dean to just exist with mm-hmm. no looming threat no pressure no demands mm-hmm. and we don't know what that looks like even the year that he spent with lisa he was in mourning he mm-hmm. was 100% fucked up. Yeah, I don't think you can call that a stable state of mind. Mm-hmm. So I would, I, I don't think you can take the context out of that. Mm-hmm. So I, I go with no mm-hmm. on that one. Uh, we got number seven, chronic feelings of emptiness. <laughs> he does have episodes, this is from Miss Audubon. He does have episodes of feeling emptiness, especially after hell, when he is freshly traumatized of 40 years of torture and found out that the whole world is about to go up in flames unless he can stop it. You don't need a personality disorder to feel like that when the situation is like that. But he also has times where he does not feel like that, whenever the situation is not quite as shitty, which in a TV show is not often, but the criteria means to feel like that chronically without the world going up in flames just on a normal day. And I wrote no. Dean has a few constants in his life that I think help him stave off chronic feelings of emptiness, I do think he finds purpose in everyday tasks and his job of saving people hunting things. Unfortunately, that doesn't always help to balance the other things going on in his life all the time, but we'll give him a pass on this one. Yeah, I covered I this one. Yeah, but we covered 100% the opposite of empty. Why are you like this? <laughs> Sorry, people. Cat interruption there. Why are you like this? Um, you could say that to Dean. Why are you, why are you like this? Um, complete opposite of empty. feels everything very very intensely mm-hmm. and as we discussed it has a very childlike reaction to that so mm-hmm. also no yeah 
Uh, number eight, inappropriate, intense anger or difficulty controlling anger. Example, frequent displays of temper, constant anger, recurrent physical fights. Miss Autobahn writes, yes, he does have lots of anger in him. He does have problems controlling that anger. However, those situations are usually when, in general, there is, again, an immense amount of stress in the great picture. Not just normal, everyday stress, apocalyptical stress, or somebody close just died. In his circumstances, it also seems to have to do with his PTSD and his occupation. But on a normal day, he can be very calm and nice to people and doesn't constantly fight without a reason. I wrote, no, I think the key word is inappropriate. I think all the times he's displaying intense anger, it's merited or understandable. I don't think he picks fights just to have them. He shows an extreme amount of care around those he loves and appreciates. There's not a lot of wavering or back and forth again, unless the situation is extreme. So again, I covered this when we were discussing the other one. Um, yes, he does have intense anger, but consider his life and the actual tools he has available to him to manage mm-hmm. his emotions. Again, childlike. He's big feelings. He doesn't know what to do with them. So he lashes out. And I think this just occurred to me as as you were talking there, Sandra. Think about, God, what is the what is the episode where they first run into the trickster? A Bobby comes and they're both tall telling tales. the story from different sides. It's tall tales, yeah. yeah. Think about tall tales, right? Sam and Dean arguing to that extent is strange enough for Bobby to be like, I'm coming, you know, <laughs> not even just to talk to them over the phone, just be like, just sit the fuck down and I'll be there in a minute, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because they don't. And if mm-hmm. Dean was so predisposed, you know, if he was explosive and angry and had difficulty controlling him, they would fight all the time. Mm-hmm. But that, that particular instance it was so uncommon that bobby mm-hmm. was like i will be right there Sit down. <laughs> you know yeah i yeah. I, I love that episode because it's great yeah. but you know even bobby is like if we gets there and they're still like bitching at each other he's like something is not right y'all have been hard mm-hmm. you know so yeah, yeah. context is key mm-hmm. no hard hard no on this one and then the last one um I think Miss Audubon missed, so I pulled it out. Um, it's called number nine, psychotic symptoms. Under extreme stress, people with BPD may experience psychotic symptoms such as hallucinations, delusions, or other forms of extreme paranoia. For instance, they may believe other people are out to harm them, or they might firmly believe that something terrible is going to happen. This is every day of the week for the Winchester. So I wrote no, supernatural occurrences aside, I don't believe Dean shows a lot of psychotic symptoms. Anything you see from him, it's it's something supernatural related when he does have hallucinations or delusions or is extremely paranoid. So this is just a, it's just a no. Yeah. I mean, is, is it paranoia if they're really out to get you? Which is a, a terrible, <laughs> Just think of yellow fever, joke. right? Like how paranoid he was in yellow fever. And that was because of ghost sickness. Like, you know, like it's like, okay, come on. Yeah. 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 You know, not 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 to be ableist or anything like that, but they really are out to get him. I think his paranoia is justified. So my comments on this are just hard, no, not at yeah. all. Out of the two of them, Sam is more prone to psychosis than Dean. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like he earned, I feel like he earned that, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I don't even, like, we have so many thoughts on, like, other things that Miss Audubon mentioned. I don't know if there was one thing in particular you wanted to mention. I might make this, like, a shared doc somewhere so that if people want to look at it and can, like, look at the comments and mm-hmm. stuff might do that, but there's a lot and I'm trying to keep us to not a two hour. <laughs> yeah. This time. There's but I think there's I think the best thing that we could do is is make this a shared doc because Miss mm-hmm. Autobahn has given us a lot of other sort of typical features yeah. um 
of BPD that we've all three of us have gone in and left mm-hmm. left different kind of comments on and and things like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, we'll we'll leave it as a doc if you want to go in and explore. We've covered all the main sort of diagnostic criteria, and I mm-hmm. think all three of us for different reasons would go no. Yeah, you know we've all we've all filtered this character through our our personal experiences, but we've all come to the same conclusion that is no. Right, because if so, I if I went to yeah. the thing where you have to have at least five or more of the following nine for you know him to be quote unquote diagnosed with BPD, the way mine worked out, I came up with four, and like I said, that one was probably like really iffy. That one yes, that would have said it. So no, I don't yeah. think that um he has borderline personality disorder. So all that to say, um, I think it just goes to show how. How interesting of a character Dean and Sam, Sam are in general, and how much you really do see yourself in certain characters, I think, a lot more. But you can always kind of find, you know, or have thoughts about why are they acting this way? What's causing that? And again, with the boys, it's all of this heightened, extreme situations that none of us will ever experience. But when they drill down to the basics, which I think at the heart of it is like, the relationship part. I think that's where, you know, I think we like to spend a lot of our time focusing on how they're relating to each other, especially for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it's Sam and Dean. Like that's like my my thing all the time is figuring out uh, the two boys and where they're coming at for different reasons, especially when they hurt each other. Because when they hurt each other, that makes me that makes me sad. And I'm trying to like. I try to figure out why why is that happening? Like what what defense mechanism is coming into place? What's what PTSD is causing this? What trauma is causing this and that kind of stuff. So cuz I think mm-hmm. Sam and Dean's relationship is the foundation for everything for them and yeah. That's where it kind of all comes from. So yes, we know we know our boys need therapy. <laughs> And we're we're forcing we're we forcing other people we're forcing other people to help us with with these with these thoughts. So we do we do greatly appreciate because I know this this was not like a just five minute thing for Miss um, Audubon to do. And when I kind of just off the cuff sent them a message, I think they wrote back like a couple of days later with this with all of these thoughts and um, appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we're going to be hearing from her <laughs> in the DMs. Yes, I um, can't wait. I cannot wait. So. Um, yeah, just thank you, Miss Audubon. And like, really, if if we could, you know, if anybody has any interest in responding or commenting, um, maybe I'll make the doc so that you can have comments if anybody wants to put things on there so you could view and comment, but not necessarily yeah. edit. So we'll see. We'll see what I can do with the with the doc that way. But yeah, Carly, any any last thoughts on this very long topic? Yeah, I, think, <laughs> <laughs> I just think. I just think again, context is key, and within the context of the show, I think Sam and Dean are remarkably well adjusted. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, all within the considered... context of the show, yeah, they're doing all right. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I don't, I don't think it's as cut as dried as just taking these characters, putting them in our world, and going, ah, well, they're clearly very. Mentally I would have been out before season one even started. So it's like one of those things. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I would say the one so, key, one key thing for Dean and Sam, I think, is resiliency, and I think that's amazing mm-hmm. that they could just keep getting back up, no matter what's happening. They just get back up and they try again and they try again and they try again. I love yeah. that about them as characters. Yeah. Okay. So well, yeah, we would drop us drop us a comment, drop us a DM. You know, 
send us an email. Sandra, where can they send us an email? So you can email us at idlingintheimpala at gmail.com. And on Twitter, we are at idlingintheletterdimpala. And if you'd like to make your voice a mail, check the description for a link to send us a voice message. You can find links to our personal socials and our AO3 accounts in the description. And there's also a link to my author website with my original fiction. Woo, original fiction. Uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, and leave us a comment or a review if you want to. We want to hear from you guys. Y'all are quiet. Send <laughs> us things. We want to talk to you. But Send we know things. things are happening and we know we're making, we're we're influencing people. <laughs> we know that's yeah. happening. <laughs> no, you can't use the word influence. No. <laughs> All righty. But send us a comment. So um, in the description as well, check out the current causes that we are championing. If you can, take a look. If you can, maybe give a small donation as well. But only if you can and you're able to. And with that, we will say thank you very much for joining us in the back seat. And we will see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.